0: Welcome to No Concessions, your favorite movie podcast where we explore subgenres of film. This week's subgenre is Stanley Kubrick's second best movie, Next to the Moon Landing. (laughs) Today I'm joined by Regina. Say hello.
1: Uh, Hi. It's me. And Ben
0: Pitt. Hey, thanks for having us back. Yeah, absolutely. For people who may be tuning in for the first time, what are you doing here? Why are you in my apartment?
1: (laughs) 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 Um, I actually got lost. So I was hoping I just asked for directions and then you're just like, hey, can you come sit in on this? We need a third. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. And I was um, looking for people to be on my
2: podcast and you were on and then now I'm on your podcast somehow. So,
0: okay, perfect. Perfect. Yes, so this week we're watching The Shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick's, of course, again, second best movie, next to, obviously, the moon landing. Right,
2: which is also potentially about the moon landing, if you buy
0: into conspiracy theories. See? Things I didn't know, so. Yeah, man, it's cold on the moon, just like it is in the hedge maze. Sure.
1: Yep, so.
2: Yeah, Because Danny wears an Apollo 11 sweater at one point, and conspiracy theorists
0: are fucking wacko. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Before we get into the review, we've got an opening segment about movies that surprised us. Regina, let's let's kick it off.
1: I'll start with movie that was so good when I watched it that it took me by surprise. My pick would be What We Do in Shadows, it's Fucking directed amazing. by Taika Waititi. Oh my God! I said his name right. In you the said first it right. Trial. Yeah. Fuck yeah so I I didn't how did I end up watching this I was hungover on my friend's couch and because I was too hung over to move they just put the movie on and I got so into it normally I don't like the mockumentary style of filming but this was just so funny <laughs> it was so great so for sure that's my pick of watched it with no expectations and was totally blown away by how great it is what's the movie about so it's a mockumentary style movie about vampires they are from different eras um or genres if that's easier to think about it so they have nosferatu who rents out their basement they have a victorian era vampire and then uh what does taika waititi play he's sort of he's sort of like the a little bit more of like the mod, like the
2: like the modern classic vampire like the victorian era like dracula style but he's like a poser he's, but dracula like a poser though. dracula so he's yeah. like really he's like really silly and he's like very neat and like tidy it also he i think taika waititi co-wrote the movie with uh jemaine clemens who's one of the guys from flight of the concords who's also in the movie uh It also has like their manager from the Flight of the Conchords show. I forget that guy's name, Mm -hmm. but he plays a a werewolf who leads a pack of werewolves and they're all like very prim and proper. Yeah. It's just like a, about a documentary crew uh, following around this group of vampires in New Zealand. because their
1: roommate is human, right? Uh, They have
2: a new human friend.
1: He's not their roommate. Oh, that's what it is. I thought he was a roommate. Yeah. But it's really funny. It's It's actually hysterical. And then it like wraps up really sweetly at the end. Yeah. Which I like a lot. So it's like a little cherry on top. It's That's nice. Dope. It's really solid. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely
2: check yeah, it out. Yeah, you should definitely see it. Yeah. It's
1: good. I'll put that on the list. Yeah. I might, it's it not scary just, at all, so you can totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can watch it. You, you don't need a oh, scary yeah. blanket or anything. No, no, you'll oh, be fine. Well, I'll just use it. Anyway. There's no yeah, IED no, I mean, of fear. There's no rules IED against having
0: a scary <laughs> blanket. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. An IED of fear.
2: That's right.
1: a good
0: callback. Thanks. Oh shit. <laughs>
2: all right, Ben. What's up? A movie I was pleasantly surprised by was The Raid Two. Uh, I I I liked the first Raid movie. I watched it when I was a freshman in college with. My roommates and they were all super into it, and I was like kind of into it. And they like it was the kind of movie where they'd like watch it like week after week. And I'm like, it's good, but I don't know if I need to see it like every week. I thought
1: it was really intense, so I don't think I could watch it week to week just for the (laughs) intense violence. Yeah, and then it was like, uh, raid two was coming
2: out, and it was unlimited. It was in limited release, and one of my friends was like calling the local theater in Burlington, Vermont, where I was went to college and they're like, are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? And basically called so many times. And I think he like ghost called from different numbers and pretended to be different people to get this fucking movie at the theater. So then I had to go and I was like, I mean, it's going to be the sequel to an action movie. It's probably not going to be that good. Right. I, I just had very low expectations. But then I went and I was fucking blown away. Uh, it's so fucking cool. It expands on the first one. It builds on it. Like it really informs the first one. Like you get new pieces. You get more characterization. You get more kick punch. It's great. It's Why great. Kick punch? It's, my fi- it's like the raid.
1: I don't know. I thought the kick punch in the first one was like well, super gnarly. But like what I liked about
2: the second one was that it made me like the first one more too. So oh, that's
1: always good. So that it I, that I made it good that. on its own. Plus yeah. we were
2: like my group of guy friends were so fucking pumped on adrenaline we were just like buzzing like twelve year old kids as soon as we left the theater, we were just like, Fuck, that was so hype. Like my friend was like, Let's go fucking fight those firemen over there. Like there's (laughs) some firemen sitting outside the (laughs) the station. He's like, we could fucking take them and he was just like, and he was like, I feel like that's like similar
1: to the energy I had after I watched Taken for the first time. Probably. (laughs) Like that kind of energy. I remember watching that movie and going outside and being like, I wish somebody would pop the fuck out of these bushes right now. (laughs) Exactly. I will will snap their neck.
2: Yeah, just like I just went we just all all like five or six of us whoever however many people went we're just were you a gang roving aggro. the streets of yeah, burlington we, vermont we were we should have had a machete it would have been great <laughs>
1: i mean honestly Holy a large shit. stick would make people nervous out there
0: that's true yeah Yeah, absolutely my pick is uh gants o <gasps> oh Netflix. my god! It's so good. It, it fucking Bro. is. Yes, it, it is. And yo. you don't have
1: to know anything about the Gantz universe to really like that movie. Yeah. For what, real. what is
0: this? So it's a CG movie based on a manga from Japan, obviously. Obviously. Uh, and it's so the 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 story of the manga is effectively you die, but you're not super dead yeah you're just you go like, to
1: this like weird cybernetic purgatory yeah okay so
0: what happens is after you, after you get killed in life like say you get hit by a car you're taken to this room and you have to fight aliens and you, okay yeah, it's like yeah. an arcade okay. game style too so yeah, it's like you have, you have certain minutes. levels there's a final boss yeah and if you die during the game you're dead forever but if you have like a, a very bad injury uh let's say your guts are falling out during the sure, game as they might yes yeah uh, because, very real. yeah right because you're fighting for your life i understand yeah and you're still alive when the counter runs down or right. when all the aliens are killed then you live you just have to suffer with that pain do uh, you until the game ends
2: go back to living like in the real world or you go to like some cyber heaven or you just like keep living in like this you keep valhalla living
0: You after after you finish the game, you just go back home. Interesting. Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, the way that it works out is like this dude is effectively stabbed to death uh, at a like a train station. And he wakes up in this room with a bunch of strangers. And like, I don't know how this happened, but uh, or I don't remember how it happened. But the news effectively didn't get out of him being dead. And he just goes home after after the whole ordeal interesting the the movie is so ill because it it, it, it takes like just a small sliver and it's not even a direct adaptation of what happens in the manga it's just like a sliver of one of the stories i that's i read the manga because i saw the movie i was like damn this is fucking sick okay but it's a self-contained story you don't need to know shit okay the dude gets stabbed up in the uh in the train station, wakes up in this room, has to play this game. Then there are aliens just running around Osaka, just eating people. Right. And Dope. like murdering. It's fucking crazy. Oh, I'll and check it out. Initially, it's on yeah, yeah, it's on Netflix. Dope. Absolutely free. The movie looks great. It's great looking. Is, uh, it, is it that 2D style or is it that like near No, weird 3D it's style? like
1: uh, what they did uh, for Final Fantasy Advent Children. It's yeah, it's that full, oh, okay. CG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. full CG. Full CG. Oh, but, so, it's, not, but it's not
2: like. It's not like those later seasons of Berserk. It's not like... Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I, really, I, uh, I hate that shit. Yeah. I mean, Berserk is good enough to like watch it anyway, but it's yeah. just like, it's, I don't want to have to get past... I don't want to have to watch it, like, but have to get past the art style. No, you
1: won't.
0: It's just... Cool. It's silky yeah, no, it's smooth. Good. Cool. It looks great. As there tends to be in, uh, in anime, uh, depictions of women not great right uh definitely a uh, few instances where just women with huge tits sure are, and they ignore the laws of physics yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of bounce <laughs> around if i can
2: uh, segue about um the soul Calibur series it just made me think of a funny funny uh anecdote about that about weird people getting gross about uh gravity defying tits apparently the reason that it took like six years between soul Calibur five and six was that the soul studio or whatever the name of the studio is that makes soul Calibur got in like this civil war about whether or not they should like make the female characters breasts more human and realistic or even more huge and bat shit. And they were just like, at this fucking standstill <laughs> on whether or not they wanted to objectify women more
1: or less in the next game in the franchise. The worst part is, like, if they if they had gone, like, the more objective route or objectifying route, I still would have copped that game and played the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been wholly problematic.
0: Sure. Yeah, Dead or, al- dead or Alive had that. Same yeah, problem. Yeah, where they use like.
1: Well, did they? They kind of like built their whole series on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Games
1: aren't even that good. Yeah, they aren't.
2: No, and then they like full, Dead or Alive fully owned it in the end because they started
0: coming out with like the bikini games, didn't they? Or like
1: yeah, volleyball yeah, or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, Gantz O is worth checking out. One hundred percent. It's one of my favorite. I still watch it. There are segments of that movie that are so fucking ill that I just play them back.
2: Okay, slick. Yeah. That's yeah. the
0: best. That's the hallmark of like a, something really fucking dope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's super good.
1: All right, so movie that took me by surprise that I personally felt neutral about, despite all of the hype and controversy, I'm going to say The Joker. That is also an extremely hot take. I hope people are not super angry with you when this episode comes out. The crowd's out.
2: booing again. If the episode Ooh. comes
1: out. Well, guys,
2: hear around. Guys, Guys, yes, come on.
1: So there was... A lot of controversy, which when I watched the movie, I was like, I don't really understand the controversy. I'm not going to get into it because it's politics. But while I appreciated and found that the themes of classism and mental illness and how shittily we treat people in society was thematic and consistent, I still felt like I was waiting for... Uh, the Joker to be more menacing and more like imposing as time went on. but really, they just kind of built it up and was like, okay, like things are really shitty for this guy. obviously, you can kind of feel the tension in the city as um uh, what is Arthur? Ba- no no, no. uh Bruce's dad Thomas, Thomas Thomas Wayne, um especially as Thomas Wayne starts his political run which I also liked a lot and actually I think the whole classism thing would have been stronger if they kind of highlighted that a little more instead of their weird segue into his relationship with Arthur whether or not it was a valid thing the mom was kind of crazy so we don't know like, if she isn't... I'm trying to do this without spoilers, so yeah. oh, that's why. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I was like, you're looking at me like, no, you want to say more details. Uh, no, and I'm I like, do, no, but I'm, like, like, I, I'm looking yeah. at you like
2: I want to, but I'm not interrupting because I know I can't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is the spoiler-free review yeah, of yeah, The yeah. Joker, by the way, in case that wasn't obvious, in case you're listening to this and you're like, the fuck? What I do you mean by this movie? The Joker
0: I think we did The Joker already and it.
1: And uh, I just... Yeah. It, it's not worth getting into deep dive exploration because there's nothing to really deep dive. So, this was a
0: positive surprise or negative?
1: I just felt like it was average. So, I guess it's...
0: It was like a neutral surprise. Neutral. Oh, so you, you went in thinking like, yo, this is about to be hot shit because of all the...
1: Yeah, talk. I was just like, I'm about to see some things. And then I walked out and went, I mean, it was a movie. Joaquin Phoenix does a really great job, though. So, shouts Fair to enough. him.
0: That's good shit.
2: Yeah, I took a similar approach. My next one is a movie that I walked in going, okay, I'm, I'm going to see something. It's either going to be good or it's going to be trash, but I'm, I'm interested. And my, to my surprise, I found the movie to be the most bland, blah, meh movie, and I was th- surprised at how graham cracker boring
0: Captain Marvel was. Okay, look. Are you a I Captain will, Marvel? Sam. I will not accept Graham cracker slander in this <laughs> no, house. Fair
2: enough. You know what? Can I? How about what's a what's a good plain cracker? How about like a, a rich cracker?
1: Yes. No, yeah, ritz like, are like not buttery. Even, not like even a saltine.
2: Ritz. Like you know yeah, those like saltines. crappy yeah saltine oh, like not even like the premium the brand yeah. like the off brand yeah. saltine yeah. that's what Captain Marvel was as a movie like I didn't feel any kind of way about Brie Larson's character. She's like. I can't remember myself. I don't have any memories. And so I'm just going to be stone face neutral the whole fucking movie. Like she's not good, even though she is a great actress. Like they, I, I'll keep it spoiler free just, but I just thought the whole movie fell. You can spoil it. The movie came out.
0: Okay. So this year, February. Maybe? I uh, uh I yeah. Have no idea. So hey, Jude
2: law it. is like, so obviously the villain from the beginning. Do you
1: wish it were Jesse Eisenberg and stuff? I, I do wish it. Yes, that would have been a good move. At least
2: it would have been a choice. Like, e- even if people didn't like it, this movie just took no risks. Like, And they set it up like, oh, this is the big bridge between Infinity War and Endgame. Like, this is a must-see movie between the two. That is such
1: an accurate way to say it. It took no risks, and that's how I felt about the Joker. It, like, felt like it was gonna be risky hot takes, and it kind of got there and then backed way off. And I was like, well, then this is why. I still
2: feel like Joker at least made more decisions and was more, like...
1: Like, at least people acted in the movie.
2: Exactly. Like, Captain Marvel, everyone was like, oh, we're going to be in a Marvel movie for that Marvel paycheck. But no one was like, we're trying to make a
0: real movie.
1: And Shouts to Marvel movie paychecks. and right. Yeah, for
0: real. I'm Please, I right. would do it too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Everybody in America is just going to end up working for Marvel at some right. point. Right. We're all going to get a Marvel. That mouse gang. We're going to get... join the mouse gang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: uh but yeah no i was just so it was so aggressively mediocre like it was like a two and a half star all the way down the line just like it wasn't terrible it wasn't great and i was kind of surprised by that Be- because if they had taken a big risk and just fallen flat and it just was like eh, it wasn't very good I, had, I at least would have like appreciated that more than just saltine
0: which is what we got one part of the old show maybe the current show i don't remember <laughs> But we went through and did commentary tracks for all of the Marvel movies that were out at the time. And it was... Uh, the only one. That, the only ones that we didn't do were Captain Marvel and uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. But all of those movies are very samey. After, yeah. like... I want to say Thor comes out. Like, the yeah. first Thor. They all start to adopt the same pattern. They don't take any risks. You, the riskiest two movies were... Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, but that was because they, I mean, like you can lean into comedy really easily. Yeah, but those are both comedies. Yeah.
2: But I, I'd actually like to just like throw my hat in the ring for um, Winter Soldier, Captain that America 2. That one's like a full legit spy thriller like that could almost have been a james bond movie if it had had like
0: 80 percent less cgi that one didn't make sense to me though like really what, what was baron zemo's motivation no that's civil war oh all right well talking you know, about civil war
1: movies. was disappointing civil you war know what let's not even because we're just gonna start <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah. dragging all <laughs> no. these popular movies like <laughs> everyone's gonna stop listening yeah. you're gonna get boycotted
0: so yeah, no, man, just... civil war i've been yeah, it wasn't good i've been canceled multiple times cool Mm. Well, no, I haven't. That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're about to be, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cancel him. <laughs> cancel
1: him. Hashtag cancel Denzel 2019. <laughs> Fortunately for you, there's only a couple months left, so. Yeah. In the year. Yeah.
0: yeah. You won't be canceled what, six for long. Six weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe five. Yeah. Maybe four by the time this comes out. Yeah. Maybe three.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving.
0: Know. Who knows? All right. This might be a take. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm excited. So... I didn't like Fast and the Furious two, Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay, I feel Look, like no one does. Yeah, that's not the take. But I really wait. Enjoyed are you going to say you
2: love Fast,
0: Fast Tokyo and the Furious Drift. Tokyo Drift? No,
1: everybody yes. loves Tokyo Drift. It's Nobody so good. loves
2: Tokyo Drift except for apparently the three of us. Okay, oh, Perfect. so
1: it's like a closed environment. Yeah, the of three of us taste. and my like
2: childhood best friend who is just loves like who's not here to stand with us. So, but shout out to him because he showed me the movie.
0: Tokyo Drift is—it's not a great movie, no. But it's fucking fun to watch. Yeah, it so
1: fun. There's a Hulk movie. And Han is the best. And Han is
0: so good. Han is yeah. the best. There's, uh, there's some reference to some I can't remember. Like I want to say old Chinese movies where uh, in every scene he's eating something. Yeah. And I can't. I, it was on the commentary. I have to look again. I but love
1: that
2: you've seen the Tokyo.
0: I was dress just going to say you watched the commentary. I own that's all of them. That's real okay. fan
1: people. I, I have all
0: seven, or I bought the pack of seven. I didn't buy number eight because uh, I saw eight in theaters. Yeah, I did as well. Fate uh, of the Furious is a great title for the 8th movie though. Yeah, it rhymes with eight. Yeah. <laughs> Tokyo Drift is a f- is a fun experience. It's really fun. In theaters it was incredible because like the what you don't get to see at home if you don't have like surround sound set up and like a big ass screen is just how like The rumbling of the cars in your chest and like how beautiful all that shit can be like when you're standing out there. Yeah, I've gone to drift events in real life. I've been to races in real life and you're stuck in one position and that's why it's always better to watch that stuff on TV. But in the theaters on a big ass screen, you're just like, yo, I love cars. My dick is super hard (laughs) for this fucking drifting uh, if, what's it, Lancer Evo yeah, 9? Yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah, is, and the music choices as well had the teriyaki boys, which, in retrospect, even though they called themselves that kind of racist, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you had like joints from Pharrell on the record, Ugh, um, yeah, Nego, that's so true, and you had little bow wow and the Hulk mobile, that was so sick, that- yeah
2: that
1: whole movie is just so good that movie yeah. is really
2: solid and han is really good and uh, the main guy whose name i can't Lucas remember black yeah
0: I, that's either the name of the character or the actor i'm not sure i can't tell you but <laughs> it could go either don't way don't
1: they call him bama alabama because yeah. that's where he's from that's his yeah. nickname or that whatever. sounds right yeah i mean it
2: is a little bit like uh white messiah e like oh this white guy from fucking Alabama or Texas or wherever the fuck he's from shows up and is now the drift king in Tokyo yeah. in Tokyo that's a little fucked up is he's he in like- Tokyo because his he he is sent to live with his dad Uh, for street racing yeah in his hometown wow i can't believe how well i fucking remember this movie i haven't seen this movie
0: in probably 10 years
2: oh i watch it every night let's watch it later
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's driving through a neighborhood of model homes that aren't entirely built and uh he's racing against some jock from his school and uh he's The jock is of course one of the bullies. So what ends up happening is like they get into one of these like car based shoving matches, Mm -hmm. and uh, he flies through a house, and the other dude crashes really badly, and they all almost die, but none of them go to prison. So no, he just gets sent to live with his dad
2: in Tokyo. It's like it's like in uh, how in the Fresh Prince theme song he has to go live with his with his aunt and uncle, yeah. his dad in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah.
0: And his dad is, like, real weird. He's giving out, like, real Dirty Joe vibes.
2: Yeah. And his dad is, like, not a fucking
0: character, as I recall. Like, he's in, like,
2: yeah, three Yeah, I don't even scenes. remember the dad, yeah. so. his the dad's dad- like, oh, I li- you... Well, welcome to Tokyo. You live with me now. Go to school. Don't get in I trouble. have to go to work.
1: Oh, yeah, because he's supposed to be, like, 18, right? Something like yeah, that. Meanwhile, he he's out like here 40. looking like a hard 35. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Fuck. I'm I also... Just want to shout out to like one of the best like final scene cameos in a movie is the return of Dominic Toretto in the last scene of this movie. I didn't expect that. I didn't
0: expect it at all.
2: Me either. I was like, there's no way we're getting fucking Vin Diesel back in these movies ever. And then I was like, oh, I'm so hyped for for the next Fast and Furious movie. And then Fast and Furious 4 is fucking garbage. It's so bad. It's a, yeah. A, I stopped. I you know what? I'm sorry to say to all the Fast and Furious stands, including my girlfriend sitting me. right next I'm to a me. Fast and Furious stand. But I stopped watching after four because I'm like that's this. A there's nothing in this series left for me. It
0: gets better. No, it gets that's what better. I've been told, it gets I've been better told, after
1: four. And at some you point, gotta, I'm going to go know? back. At
0: some point, I'll go back and watch him After five or after four, yeah, it's, it's it gets way better. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Plus,
1: you get to see Charlize Theron with uh dreads. That's something Who I don't want to see. That
2: me. Me, mm, me, me. I don't want to see that.
1: Okay. So third movie pick. Uh, the theme for this pick is movie that took me by surprise because it was so bad. It was so atrocious. And my pick is A Cure for Wellness starring Dean DeHaan. I want... Dean Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan, not Dean, whatever.
0: What is this? Is this like a psychological thriller? Yeah, so it's a
1: psychological thriller about Dean DeHaan. No, Dane. Nope, Dane. Damn. Still Dane. (laughs) Still Dane. (laughs) Didn't change. Um, So Dane DeHaan's character is up for a promotion of sorts, and his company is like, no, he's not up for a promotion. There's something shady going on with the company, and they're like, Bro, you gotta go. We're gonna send you to go find the owner or, like, the pri- like the primary shareholder or whatever it is. And if you find him, we'll promote you. You gotta find him and bring him back. Because there's, like, some kind of SEC investigation going on. There's some kind of, like, fraud or something. They never visit this plot point for the rest of the movie. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so...
1: I've never seen this movie. Dane. Dane DeHaan. The Green Goblin. Which I was so disappointed because I thought he was going to be awesome in that too. I think he's a good actor, but
2: like... Shout out to Chronicle, one of the best movies.
1: So Dane DeHaan takes a little trip up into this idyllic mountainside Swedish health resort to find the, we'll call him company owner. And from there, he starts uncovering this insidious plot of... um, fucked up alchemy in the search for immortality at the expense of the resort goers wait there's like blood magic in this movie sort of
2: wait okay you're (laughs) not doing a good job on telling me why it's bad
1: i'm getting there okay
2: sorry i'm just very excited because so far i'm fucking in
1: right me too right because i'm watching this in theater so i'm like okay like seems seems okay And then it just makes this hard left where he gets there he finds the owner he's uncovering this plot there's a mysterious manic pixie dream girl where they kind of flirt with the idea of is she real or is she a ghost it turns out she's real obviously in that they're always real they're always real and that she's the daughter of the owner of the resort who's also the primary like he invented this whole process of immortality and such and he is waiting for her to reach womanhood so that he can mate with her. Wait, How old is she? She's like 14. Gross. Yeah. So like there's this weird incestual vibe that kicks in three fourths into the movie. You're like what is this? That's awful. The blood magic i'm using air quotes is also super fucking whack and they spend way too much time being like it's psychological is it real and it's like yes it is clearly real you unless it's not i fully expected him to wake up at the end and be like it was all a dream like it did not communicate this like insidious alchemist blood magic plot at all i actually left the movie 30 minutes before the end because I just you know when a movie has like the fall the false ending or like the moment where the protagonist gets their second wind like they get beat down you thought they were gonna like come up and win but they don't and you're like okay like so either the movie ends or like the protagonist gets their second wind and makes a comeback that doesn't happen in this movie this movie sounds really bad. Like, were you expecting yeah, it to be
2: But were you expecting it to be good when
1: you Yes, were you should watch the trailers. We'll watch the trailer later. The trailer looks awesome. Okay.
0: When did it come out? I have no idea. Okay. Probably sometime between 2015 and now. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's very it's recent. Yeah. Okay. I don't also, know. Also, it's like that. 2 hours god damn relax
1: (laughs) (laughs) so that's the other problem is i sit all the way through this movie and then i'm like okay well the protagonist you know didn't make it and now he's conceded that he's just going to be absorbed by the resort owner and and i nope he's back but not really so i don't even know i guess he gets freed or something I don't know. It this movie bad. Is just we'll watch so the trailer awful. and then I'll never but watch it. The trailers it. are so good, and Dane actually, does not have good luck. <laughs> while I have no. the mic, do not watch trailers for horror movies because they give out all the best parts yeah. in the trailer, and there's nothing left in the movie. That's always true. And also, fuck movies are two hours. You okay. know,
0: one of the don't popular agree. things that was happening like three or four years ago, maybe five now, six. I don't know how long ago. Putting it was things, seven and a half. There we go. Putting things that uh, weren't in the movie in the oh, trailer—that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. was a big, big yeah. fucking. Now, thing. like only the Russos do that for the Marvel
2: movies, and yeah, they like they, do it on purpose to yeah. avoid spoilers because people are like so fucking excited about the yeah about the Marvel movies. But I think what happened, like in the past, traditionally, what happened is that the the studio that cuts a trailer is given, like, the rough cut of the movie before the movie's done being, like, actually cut. So they're putting scenes in the trailers that they're like, well, this scene looks good. But then whoever cut the actual full movie was a different person, and they didn't cut that into the movie. And it's just, like, a lack of communication or, like...
1: Well, that and the studios tend to uh, test, do audience testing. So they're like, oh, does this... Uh, resonate with this kind of audience we'll call it like 18 to 25 okay but how does it do against a family audience okay how does it do and they do that a few times and then they kind of like finalize a trailer based on like the genre of the movie so if it's a family-friendly movie they obviously want to tailor it to family audiences right when amazing spider-man 2 was in production for 3d we cut I think like 14 trailers 14 oh, Wow, that's 14. so many
2: and the amazing spider I remember and that's ha- just
1: I- for domestic release I'm a fan that's not of even that. the international that's crazy. market
2: I remember there being too many trailers Way for too amazing many. spider-man and also big shout out to like the biggest thing the worst thing you can possibly do in a movie they did for amazing spider-man 2 which is show the very last frame in the fucking trailer. Really? Yeah. So that scene in, uh with the last scene of Amazing Spider-Man 2, the very last frame is him fighting Paul Giamatti in the rhino costume. Oh. And the very, it cuts to black with him throwing the like sewer grate manhole cover yeah. at the rhino costume. And that's tra- also the last shot of the trailer. It's like the button. It like, in the trailer that's the last shot where it like cut he throws it he's like mid throw and then like cuts to amazing
1: spider-man 2 but in the movie it cuts to credits at that it's the last frame of the fucking yeah, movie and that about. was also the worst because based on the trailers i was like oh okay so like he's doing this in the middle of the movie
2: right or like the big be- and like paul giamatti shows up at the beginning so i'm like okay so he's gonna fight rhino in the first like 25 minutes and it's gonna be like a quick wrap up before we like get to the main plot we're gonna be like oh spider-man's been doing things like fighting his other rogues and like he's gonna fight rhino which would have been a pretty fucking sick way to start your movie of like you just have one of the comic villains and he just like wraps it up real quick in like a tight 15 before the rest of the movie starts but no they just like sandwich the movie with the beginning and end with paul giamatti who is a great actor and like i would love to see fucking russian paul giamatti with prison tats being though I'm I'm the rhino mm-hmm. and like that was potentially cool except it wasn't in the end. <laughs> how did we All get right. um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 Oh yeah, Dane DeHaan. Okay, yeah. yes. Anyway. Uh, so my last movie I was surprised by I if you can't tell we planned this together Regina and I so I have the same format and a movie I was surprised at how bad it was was 2019's Bumblebee, the Transformers movie. I was a Transformers kid. I liked Transformers. I had a bunch of the toys. I watched a bunch of the different cartoons. Uh, And then those Michael Bay movies came out. And the first one came out. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I like it. It's like just a movie. It's a fun like blockbuster action CGI romp. And then two was bad. And three was fucking worse. And I was like, I'm out of this franchise. And then... They made three more Michael Bay movies. Michael Bay made three more Transformers movies, which apparently... All got worse and worse and worse. And then they came out with Bumblebee. And all the reviews were like, Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie ever. It's the only Transformers movie. Ignore all the Michael Bay movies. This movie's fucking great.
1: It's kind of like when you're in a dry spell for a really long time, and then like normally your bottom tier pick starts looking real good by comparison. That's exactly what it ended up being.
0: Because
2: and it had like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, fuck yeah, we got a big group of people. Like my brother, a bunch of his friends, a couple of my friends, we all went, we all mobbed to the theater. We're like, fuck yeah, we're going to see Bumblebee. It was Geng-geng. such a hot piece of garbage. I hate that movie. It was so bad. It was not fun. It was not exciting. Like, the first 10 minutes where they're on the Transformer planet Cybertron, I was like, okay, this is sick. This is what I've always wanted. And then he gets to, Bumblebee gets to Earth and you like meet Haley Steinfeld and John Cena. John Cena's character is so horrendous. It's probably
1: because you couldn't see him the whole time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, he literally shows up to his... They're breaking into a military base at one point, Bumblebee and Haley Steinfeld, and the military, like, rolls up and they're just inside this, like, military warehouse. John Cena steps out of a Hummer, looks at the closed gate, which someone 100% has a key for, because it's his military base, and he goes, there's a door in my way and they place c4 charges on the door and blow it open and i'm like what is happening in this movie yeah. what the fuck mm-hmm. is ha- it's not and it's like explosions that's, that's you know, it's not even fun <laughs> it, it's not even fun it's so up. awful and i be- i can understand that maybe it was better than the last three consecutive transformers movies but i didn't see those i went in expecting a movie that was actually 90 percent, and it was just like a one-star movie. Just not good. So it's
1: just a 100% Garbo?
2: It was so garbage. It It's not good. Do not recommend.
0: I was surprised at how bad it was. Fair enough. My final pick is going to be Bright from Netflix. Oh, come Wait, on. Is this positive or negative? Fight. Wait, is this, this po- is This is positive. Oh,
2: interesting. Oh, yes. Wow. yes wow. It's okay. so good. I haven't it's, seen it. I still haven't
0: seen it. Look, it's not... It's not
2: it's a not great so movie. Good. It's not so uh, good. Let a, me it's, let me walk that yeah, back. Yeah, you might want to like walk that one back a little <laughs> it's bit. A little bit. N-
0: it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed the fuck out of it. It was good it's enough. It's so dumb. It's it's wow. It's like one of those it's one of the few actually good bad movies. Okay. They put a lot of money into it. Yeah. Of course, Will Smith it looks is in good. it. Yeah. Uh it's
2: it's made it, by the guy who made Suicide Squad, so it's got to be
1: Good.
2: Did you see Suicide Squad? Of
0: course I uh, did. I
1: can't talk. Did you really?
0: Yeah, Suicide was it good? Squad.
2: Did you oh, like it?
0: No. Oh, oh okay. It's not right. good. Well, uh, uh, <laughs>
1: anyway. It didn't seem like it But anyway.
2: Margot Robbie and Will Smith, both of them, are great in Suicide Squad. They are both having a lot of fun. I would be interested in seeing like a different version of that movie where... like the Joker actually got something to do because Jared Leto's Joker was like such a joke leading up to the movie. And then he, you get to the movie and he's like barely in it at all. He has like five minutes of screen time tops. Interesting. And so it's like, and the scenes he's in actually aren't that bad. It's just like, he doesn't have anything to do. And they like build him in the mood, being in the movie so much. And he has nothing to do. The movie's like recut. At the last minute, they let the... We're not here to talk about Suicide Squad. I I could go on that rant (laughs) differently, but it's not good. It's like one of those failed movies, like, I wish was good, but David Ayer, that was his... Bright was his next movie, so not great back-to-back films for him.
0: No, definitely not. I enjoyed Bright a lot, and I even developed a rating scale for based on bright like oh. how good movies are compared to bright okay interesting so Wait,
2: show me an example
0: uh like let's say uh it only applies to like good bad movies okay so something like um i i couldn't tell you one right off the top of my head actually like total recall that's not on the bright scale. That movie's just good. Okay. Yeah, fair, enough, super, fair enough. Fair enough. Honestly, super good. Yeah. Uh, fast and the furious two, two fast. Okay. Too perfect. Furious perfect. Would be uh one out of five brights because that movie just sucks. One out of five bright.
2: Okay. Yeah. So five out of five bright would be like would be a movie bright. that is
0: objectively
2: bad, but fun enough to be like really worth your time and watching as good as bright. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. 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 Word. Okay. Got it. I'm going to start using this. I got to watch bright, but I think I'm going to start using that scale.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good scale. Bringing it back. After the break, we'll get into our review for Stanley Kubrick's second best film. This week's subgenre is Stanley Kubrick's second best film next to the moon landing. I'm implying that the moon landing was fake. I got
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> actually, can you explain it in detail to me? I don't. I don't get yeah, it.
0: Yeah, actually. So one of the conspiracy theories that floats around about the moon landing is that the government hired Stanley Kubrick, one of the best filmmakers around at the time, to come in and fake the moon landing yeah uh they like his style his yeah. uh, sense of mise en place
1: Ooh, i love a good <laughs> i love a good mise god i love <laughs> it when my,
2: when your mise is all on place you know yeah <laughs> uh, well yeah there's the, the the theory is like 2001 was him auditioning to get the moon landing job and then he did it and then the shining is secretly his movie telling trying to secretly encode tell audiences that he faked the moon
1: landing hell yeah but like it definitely isn't
2: that and the moon landing definitely was real and anyone who thinks it isn't is wrong
1: so this would be a bad time then real bad okay on air maybe
2: later (laughs) in front of the live studio audience
1: i mean i said we could wait yes yeah
0: (laughs) this week we're reviewing the shining which was released may 23rd 1980 in the united states it was directed produced and written by stanley kubrick Written by Diane Johnson as well, based on The Shining by Stephen King, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, S- Scatman Crothers, <laughs> and Danny Lloyd. Music by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. Cinematography by John Alcott, edited by Ray Lovejoy. Uh, Runtime of 146 minutes. Budget 19 million. Box office. That's crazy 45. for a 1980 movie, too. Is is that a lot of money? I think so. Okay, <laughs> is, uh, is that a lot? Box office was forty five point seven million.
2: Yeah, not a huge initial success. Actually, it kind of got it. A uh, it got nominated for uh, worst picture and worst actress at the first ever Razzies, which were in nineteen eighty. Fun facts. Really? Yep. Yeah. And then it wasn't until after that it really got people started like really look at it and really.
1: Use, Look their into,
2: and use their brains and realize that it's actually really fucking good. It's just, there weren't movies made like that. It was really sort of ahead of its time in, in the way it's constructed and like the sort of psychological horror, the, the slow building creeping horror. Well, it hadn't really existed at that point and people didn't really get it at first. And it took, it took a couple of years. Now it's considered
0: a masterpiece, but
2: at the time it was not, not received super, super
0: well. I would probably say that this movie is not a masterpiece. Not I to would say disagree that with you, but like, continue. The thing is, um, it's one of those movies similar enough to, uh, let's say, just as a quick example, The Beatles, where people have seen something good. They take the best things from it and reincorporate it into their own work to make it better. Or more concise. So you're saying people have taken like the cool things from The Shining. Like the
2: best parts of The Shining has been done better in other movies. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: And,
0: like, but doesn't I- that
1: make it a masterpiece, right? At least yeah. the foundation
0: no. from what you build. Well, I mean, do you consider all of the Migos records to be masterpieces? Just because they made rapping in triplets popular doesn't mean that it's necessarily masterwork.
1: But it's more about the content of the work. So if they provided the foundation, let's say, of like SoundCloud mumble rappers, you could say that.
0: Well, no, they literally made rapping in triplets the way that they rap. They revolutionized, well, that's the wrong word. They made it (laughs) very popular in rap to do that very like staccato uh sure yeah i
1: guess it just comes down to things that are over time and things that are just a trend shouts to migos fans
0: migos has been popular for at least five years now yeah
1: i'm not calling them Uh. trendy i mean I guess, but well, we don't, yeah. I mean, anyway. over time. Anyway, we're not here to debate yeah, rap. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't, I ben don't know. Yeah, anyway. I just
2: don't have anything interesting to, to say about that conversation, but I think the shining is legitimately one of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, it looks gorgeous. The characters are really interesting, really well acted. I mean, I think the biggest ne- negative I could have about the movie is just that Jack Nicholson is straight up an asshole from like frame one instead of like in the book. He's it's sort of him descending into madness he's sort of already an asshole at the start of the movie and like if i were to have a negative it would just be that but i don't even know if it's a negative it's just just one of the biggest
0: differences from the book so this movie strikes me tell me if i'm wrong i haven't read the book but it strikes me as stanley kubrick taking the general outline of the book and like incorporating it into the movie not necessarily diving into uh the more spooky parts of uh of the book where i'm sure there's like a lot of paranormal shit that's talked about uh-huh. and explained in the book whereas in this movie it's just like oh yo you got the shining too kid i see you i see you
2: yeah <laughs> the book is definitely very different stephen king famously not a fan of stanley kubrick's movie or stanley kubrick as a person stephen king was offered the the to be allowed to write the screenplay And he went on set to uh, meet with Kubrick and apparently just thought Kubrick was like such a vile, awful, terrible person that he refused to work with him. And then also hated the movie when it came out. Doesn't
0: like the movie. I I would be willing to guess uh, that relationship fell apart when Stanley Kubrick openly bragged about faking the moon landing. Probably. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I always remember I saw an interview with Stephen King where he told a story of meeting Stanley Kubrick. And he said Kubrick was, would chain smoke and he'd smoke the cigarette all the way down to the filter. And then he'd tear the paper off the the filter and then roll the cotton ball, which was like all yellow and like caked with tar. And he'd roll it into a tiny little ball. And then he'd take out an Altoids tin from his pocket and put the little rolled cotton ball in the Altoids tin, where with a bun with like all the rest of his. So fucking he probably cigarettes. had like a like
1: weird. I'm not a, a clinician, but that sounds very OCD. Yeah,
2: he definitely had some weird OCD. Stanley Kubrick famously an asshole, particularly. To Shelley Duvall on set. Apparently, in order to get her to act as, like, scared and horrified and like she's living with a monster like Jack Torrance, he just treated her like straight hot garbage and, like, verbally berated her. That He would make everyone do, like, 15, 20, 30, 40, 100 takes on certain scenes just to get the most wild and crazy reactions out of people. I mean, there's, cra- there's like, those scenes where where Jack Nicholson's character is just like speaking really slowly and pronouncing words really f- weird and fucked up. The reason that that, that he's pronouncing him is just Jack Nicholson's like, I don't know what the fuck you want. Stanley Kubrick. We've done a hundred takes of this scene. I don't know. I don't have a fucking another way to say this. I don't think you should be mean to people <laughs> on set. If you're the director, No, I don't think you shouldn't. should mistreat people. You should not verbally berate anyone but the movie is really fucking good. Yeah. So atmospheric. It's so such an interesting character study about the whole Torrance family. I'm I'm equally invested in all three of those characters. In all three of the Torrance family.
0: I don't it's it's not I'm not going to say that I dislike this movie because that's not the case. I just think that this movie is like it's a very specific kind of movie. It's, uh, it's more arts than it is product, uh, just based on like how it's shot, uh, the lighting, the colors, uh, and even most of the scenes, like the dialogue between the characters for the most part serves only to move the plot forward. There's not like any shooting the shit, uh, or there's very few scenes of people just kind of like having a conversation for the sake of having a conversation, which is good, though i would it's like so uh the dialogue is so deliberately set up to move the plot forward like the doctor coming over to their house at the beginning talking to mrs torrance and it's used to set up oh danny's dad uh picked him up too harshly and moved his arm out of the socket shelly
2: duvall's awkward politeness as she's telling the story to the psychiatrist where she's like got that like really pained smile where she's like, don't think I'm a crazy person. Don't think my husband's insane. This was an accident, but like the the way it's so human and so realistic. Like I, every time I see that scene in particular, I feel like I'm actually just like looking through the window at this conversation playing out. It just feels so real. And so like Shelly Duvall is so good in this movie and she got a Razzie for this movie after having to be, fucking shit on by stanley kubrick and i feel so bad because i fucking love her in this movie
0: yeah she's fantastic all the acting is pretty good in this movie i mean the my biggest problem with this movie as a whole is the length um see
2: and this is where i'm gonna politely disagree with you because as i said last time every movie should be 90 minutes or three hours this movie's two and a half hours and if they wanted to put like 30 more minutes
0: of just like slow dry snow shots like the fucking hateful eight i'd have been here for it the the building so part of the the issue that i have is largely the cinematography static shots so i don't need uh this held frame of like this dude scatman crothers standing in his beautifully lit apartment and the colors playing with each other. I could look at a picture of that. Sure. Yeah. But that's, that scene doesn't need to be five minutes. The infamous
2: scene that people comment on a lot is the one where, uh, it's, it's like right before the third act really kicks off and it's, it's, uh, Shelley Duvall and, um, sorry, it's Wendy and, uh, Danny just like watching cartoons in the morning and there's just like this long single static shot of the two of them sitting on the couch watching cartoons. I personally find that scene to build so much tension because meanwhile Jack is like going crazy thinking he sees like um, the previous uh, winter caretaker guy in the bar, like where Jack's drinking at the bar and it's like right before the final, like the third act really kicks off for me, when we see them just not doing anything, not trying to get the fuck out of there, not trying to phone for help. And we know shit is just getting, is about to hit the fan for me, that really works. But I can, I can understand that if you're not fully tuned into the movie, if you're not fully on the same vibe as the movie, then it just seems like, why are we spending like, a full 60 seconds on this, like get back to Jack Torrance and like cut down the runtime. But I just think it really works. I think it serves the tension building. Cause that's what makes horror good is like the building of tension and like the release. And this movie is a psychological, it's not like a big jump scare movie.
1: No. Yeah. You're right.
2: It, de- it has to just be, the tension is all felt in the audience rather
0: than like on screen. Right. Yeah. And I think
2: it serves that. And right. I think the runtime serves that personally.
0: I, I, uh, the biggest problem that I have is going back to what I was referencing earlier. Uh, people have taken things from this movie and done it better sure. recently. And granted, like, I couldn't expect this movie to have mas- mastered tension building, but like, there are quicker ways to build tension with less time. Sure. And there's not to say that, you know, I need to have Jack like jumping out and scaring the shit out of Danny or whatever. Uh, they're just like, for instance, um, when he goes up to room 237 they had mm-hmm. been like they had been building the tension for 237 right. since the beginning of the movie, but also by moving the movie forward as well right like them sitting in that room, although it's a great shot, uh, Danny asking to go get his fire truck, and his <laughs> yeah. mom's just posted in there watching that horrendously small television i'm glad we live in an age now where televisions are nice and big yeah i'm like looking at your
2: tv across the room i'm like god that's nice that's nice yeah and it's like ooh, it's it's like pocket tvs yeah it's like the the screen is the size of your phone screen
0: yeah fucking awful anyway it's i think it's uh the movie like you if you recut this movie now I think it would be at least as far as like an entertainment piece goes. I think it would be better entertainment if you cut it down because two hours and twenty minutes, two hours and twenty three minutes. I think is the version that I watched. On um, one positive for the movie, I never felt like it was dragging. Right. Yeah. I never was like, what the fuck. Yeah. Like, it get totally. To the clips point. along. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. It, it moves at a nice pace. I just think like yo, like you there. You can make this more efficient as a movie, like as something to entertain people with. But like, as if you look at it as an art project, then it's just like, yeah, like this is artfully done. There's a lot of really great stuff in here. The actors uh, are just incidental; they don't even need to be here. It could just be shots of this uh, chateau (laughs) and this maze. Right. It's it's it does a lot of like really good stuff aside from the act, because I think honestly, I think the plot and uh, the actors are just incidental. They don't, they're there, but they don't need to be because the story, I'm sure the story is like way more entertaining in the book. I didn't really get anything from the story. Okay. This dude goes nuts and he wants to kill his wife and kid.
2: And like one of the things that they talk touch on in the book, which just for full clarity, I haven't, i only read half the book i was at a cabin in the woods reading it and then i didn't finish it before we left on like a family vacation before we left and then i we left and i tried continuing reading it and i just wasn't in that atmosphere it's like wasn't as good anymore so i put it down i got to go back and finish it at some point but i know a lot about the book and i i'm a big stephen king fan um and one of the things that they talk about is the reason that They want the Torrance family to stay. The reason that the ghosts at the Overlook sort of possess uh, Jack is that they want Danny to stay there forever. There's not the the, the subplot that Jack has always been the caretaker is not in the book at all. And the Overlook, the ghosts at the Overlook want Danny to be sort of among them. They want him to become one of them because he's so powerful in The Shining and the shining is like such a valuable tool they sort of like feed off of it it's like it's like this big cosmic power that they want to they want to become part of them because they will become more powerful if
0: danny becomes among them okay so that's just like uh well, that's that sounds like to me when you explain that that sounds like the plot of doctor sleep so okay, I, finds, we haven't seen Dr. Sleep yet. We've been meaning to go. I've only seen the trailer. Right. But I assume just based on watching this movie, Danny as an adult finds a young girl who has the shining. Right. And then there's this cult that's trying to take the girl. Uh, that's, or yeah. a paranormal activity. I'm really excited cool. about seeing Dr. Sleep. I'm, I'm sad
2: that it hasn't been doing great at the
0: box office. Well, so that's. That's part of the problem, at least with The Shining itself, and even advertising itself as a sequel to The Shining. Because The Shining is not at least the movie is not the prequel to Doctor Sleep. No, for sure. It's But it's even the book is like that. It's a different movie completely. It's what it is, it's just like kind of um ruminating on like what it would be like if your husband went crazy in this right. fucking hotel. It, I couldn't imagine agreeing to do that to stay there for 5 months alone yeah. with small televisions and no internet.
1: Sure. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> it, would be, it would be bad, but like
0: as a I, writer I could
2: I could see being like, "Oh my god, I'm going to get I'm going to write a whole fucking novel." Well, that's novel.
1: also what Jack Torrance thought. No, like I how that turned out. I know. Yeah. I would be
2: Jack
0: Torrance. I would. Fu- I would make this fucking mistake. I. So that's 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 funny because he's like, yeah, finally I'll be alone, and that's like an immediate red flag to me yeah. because I'd listen. Well, not listen, but i would paid attention to a lot of entrepreneur talk in my time, and like, yo, if only I had this one thing, I'd be successful. It's like, bitch, if you aren't at home working, then that that's your problem. You're not yeah. doing yeah. the work. Yeah. You're not gonna get more work done. It's not as if Danny's all in your ass all the time like, yo, right. dad, let's go play and your wife's like, yo, or as he calls her the sperm bank.
1: Oh god, my god, that's that so was the worst. I was so like,
0: oof. And also, I got to I got to add like Scatman Crothers uh, being in the movie just so they could call him the N-word and then have him killed later was just like...
1: Yeah, I was pretty annoyed by that because they set him up to explain like the ability of the Shining and they really like deep dive into he has this ability, so does Danny. Okay, so they share a common bond. Oh, Danny's in danger. I'm going to go like check it out to then just womp, flat, done. Yeah, and I, it's do. think, like,
2: well, p-. I think that guy serves to explain the shining a lot more in the book and like the idea of Danny reaching out to um I forget the guy's name but
0: Scatman Crothers Scatman
2: Cr- Danny reaching out to uh, Scatman Crothers Dick Holloman Dick Halloran yeah. Dick yeah, Halloran yeah. thank yeah. you um re- Danny reaching out to Dick Halloran is like a big like okay good this is how they're gonna get out of there like this is how they're gonna get free and then the will like the twist of nope, DeCalon is actually killed, and that's not how they're going to get free. They're not safe. Like, I like that conceptually from a narrative perspective. I know in the book he explains the Shining more, and they go more in depth on like, and it's a, the Shining itself. The ability is something that recurs in Stephen King's work. Stephen King's novels are like the fucking MCU circa 1977 because they all a lot of them are connected and they all have like similar themes Carrie has psychic abilities which is Stephen King's first novel and the way they talk about it is that her abilities are um, they they, they're they're passed down from the maternal line but they always skip a generation and the shining is the same way it always skips a generation and then in the Dark Tower series, it's not called The Shining, it's called The Touch, but it's, like, the exact same thing. They, like, people who can, like, read minds or, like, are, or, or like, empaths and they can, like, read emotions. Uh, it's just something that recurs a lot in King's work. And so taken as a whole, like, in a novel, or taken, like, in the novel and then in the scope of, like, King's whole work, I think it, it makes a lot more sense. And Dick Allen's character is a lot stronger from that perspective rather than being a character who's just, like, they, as you said there to be called the n-word and then killed yeah yeah
1: your typical magical negro trope. Yeah. yeah stephen king does literally. overuse that trope for sure stephen king
2: does famously overuse that trope really yeah No. didn't know yeah the stand has a very similar character um like like the first the first like three three fourths of the stand are trying to get to this character named mother abigail who's just sort of like this magical black lady in the South who's like supposedly has these premonitions and shit. She might actually also have the shining. I'm not, I can't remember. I read that book really fast. I read that book in like two weeks, That's which is like an 1100 page novel. So two weeks is feels impressive to me.
1: If it is
0: impressive. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know if I'd ever talked about this during, um, during the show ever but it's a movie from literally a different generation oh, absolutely. that was made for like a different purpose completely like this isn't something made to entertain people this is like i said earlier an art project it's more yeah. it's more artistically done it's like um i think again i feel like the story is just incidental yeah. uh he i don't know why exactly he chose the shining yeah me either it could have just been anything. He could have just made any movie this exact same movie, except it's cabin fever instead of the shining.
1: Are you, uh, have you seen any other, uh, Stanley Kubrick movies other yeah, than the Moonlander. Cause I was going <laughs> to, <laughs> well, cause I was going to mention a clockwork orange, but right. that came out after the shining, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I like, I enjoyed it, but it's not a clockwork. Orange
2: came out nine years earlier. It came out oh, almost wow. a full decade beforehand. I've seen A Clockwork Orange and this movie and and a Full Metal Jacket. And I think those three movies are all definite art pieces more than they are films in general. And I think this movie works as an art piece more than a piece of entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, agree and that's that. just what Kubrick makes. And I think that art directors are a valuable type of like film as well.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Insofar as, like, calling this a masterpiece goes, like, I don't know if I would agree with that. I feel like that might be a little bit of a reach. Uh, but, like, it's it's interesting and it's fun to look at. It's not, like... I don't know. It's not blowing my dick back. People talk about this movie in terms like in such reverent terms. I think. Okay, Follow me here. Follow okay, me. Okay. I'm, okay we're,
1: I'm on this journey with you. Take me on this trip.
0: I there's something that I'm going to start calling perpetual hype where at one point Good somebody term. said, thank you. Somebody said like, yo, this movie is fucking great. And that's just carried on and nobody's like stopped to consider like, maybe it's just okay. Yeah. Maybe it's all right. I don't know about great. And like, that's how I feel about the entire Beatles catalog. The Beatles suck. That's a spicy hot take. I
1: mean, I just shrugged cause I feel that way about the Joker. So
2: <laughs> I have I, a, a friend of mine, a teacher friend of mine, uh, posited that the Beatles suck because John Lennon and Paul McCartney would definitely lose in a cage fight against Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols. And that's now how I judge all music is, would they win in a, like, would the lead, uh, would the front person win in a, in a, yeah, it's pretty instead
1: good. of using bright, just would this survive in a cage match against my favorite, whatever. Right.
2: Okay. So one thing Regina and I do a lot, and, uh, is I personally am a big fan of the five star rating scale for uh, movies. Yes. So I uh, whenever we watch a movie, I'm like, "What would you give it?" Yeah. So what would you give The Shining?
1: Um,
2: probably somewhere around like
0: four and a half.
2: So then the four. the natural question is like, "What's the half star for?" Uh,
0: what's the like? What like, would what it minus star? At, yeah, because oh. that's how I am too. I uh, I would just say that it's not entertaining enough. Like it's a movie and things happen it's just it just feels like uh the plot and the things that are happening are an afterthought to the presentation itself i would maybe even knock it down to four stars for that because like it's like i the acting is good the story you don't feel
2: invested in in jack in jack descending into madness you don't feel invested in like whether or not wendy and danny are going to it out you're not invested in like yeah is and it tony doesn't, a real person it is doesn't that- really
1: feel like uh jack Torrance descends into madness more that he makes like a lateral shift
0: yeah he just he's from the beginning of the movie he's just an asshole yeah like you said and then For he, sure. and he just becomes more brazen with his assholeness right it's just like from the beginning of the movie it just feels like he's keeping that shit in check right but then he's just like at one point he's like why am i even doing this like, yeah, because okay. he
2: goes crazy at I'm the alone, hotel wild out
0: yeah i mean but the i don't or think, he's
2: been at the hotel the whole time and all the stuff that happens before they get the ho- to the hotel is like in their heads or in jack's head
0: i don't know <laughs> who knows i i don't know i i don't i yeah i just think like it's a very beautiful movie like looking at it is fun. absolutely there are like those shots of uh dick hollering at home where he's got the photos of the naked ladies <laughs> yeah. A, above his yeah, above his yeah. didn't
2: i turn to you and go what if i had that poster on my wall or did i only think that
1: i think you only thought
2: well, that. i um, almost asked
1: her what if <laughs> i had that poster on my wall i, mean, I think i just photos. shrugged they're great i mean they're, they're both great actually photos. i asked you what would happen if i had those posters on my wall And I said I'd be fully into it, and I ordered them on Amazon, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that my birthday gift? Yeah, 100%.
2: Nice. A lady with an afro, like, the size of
0: you, Regina. Yeah. The movie's cool. Like, it's a cool movie, but it's not, like, I can't rate this as really a movie, right? Like, this, if somebody's like, yo, this is a great you need to watch this like i'm not going to tell anybody like you have to see this movie because it doesn't have the qualities of a movie that i find entertaining interesting okay.
1: it reads very much like a play actually now that i think more about it i, I don't watch a lot of plays i i you know i what? watch enough to be like this feels more like a
2: play than a movie that's a cool observation actually now i want to see this as a stage place
1: it it totally translates yeah, right 100
2: yeah. well and you could just like If you just reduced the number of, like, uh, scenes and settings that you... And there's not a lot to begin with,
0: so... Yeah. The building, and especially the interior of the building, a lot of it lends itself really well to uh, cinematography. And I think, honestly, if you were to just take stills of these rooms, I would be equally as satisfied as having watched the movie. Because there's there's a plot but like it doesn't again need to be there at all so
2: do you know any of the conspiracy theories around this movie
0: only that uh kubrick was like secretly telling people that he uh faked the moon landing and this movie was his admission of it
2: that that's one of them there's like that theory Although the only I haven't seen, there's this documentary called called room Two Thirty Seven that like explores all the different conspiracy theories around this movie.
0: Oh, that's on Amazon. Yeah,
2: it is. And I haven't seen it yet, but it's like in my Amazon like watch list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to be like pretty good, but it, it's like some, apparently some of the theories are like real crazy, but this moon landing one, the only thing, the only evidence that I've personally found in the movie is Danny wears an Apollo 11 sweater, but it's just like a cool sweater. Like I would wear that sweater. Other than that, I'm not sure that it is. Uh, one of the theories, though, that I definitely think it is probably pretty true is the movie's sort of a metaphor for, uh, like, white people taking the Native American's land and, like, sort of taking their iconography as, like, like pop art, essentially. Yeah, they, like, and, like stylize like, appropriating it. appropriating it. That's the word I was looking for. Um, there's definitely that element to it that the the hotel has sort of like this native american theme and even the the guy who runs the hotel like that the summer manager admits that it's like a mix of like a few different native american tribes iconography just because like whatever looks nice and um there's this really like anachronistic line when jack's getting drunk at the bar with the ghosts when he says it's a white man's burden and it's like there's like a lot of this element I'm or, not sh- or, or it's not about
0: that at all here's a here's a secondary theory. maybe Stanley Kubrick's not a good writer i mean maybe
2: i don't know i like i i i, I would like
0: keep that opinion maybe to yourself but. i like <laughs> honestly like I would find that more
1: likely than uh than him than these things having any kind of meaning yeah yeah like
0: i don't know man yeah
1: it feels very inserted like it's like oh by the way this is an indian burial ground teehee like just like every horror movie wasn't
0: the house in poltergeist built on top of an indian burial (laughs) probably (laughs) there was it could be that was like one that was a trope i also haven't seen amityville well yeah so what are your star ratings
1: um I think I'm also going to give it a 4 because it is a very technically well-made movie, visually. Uh, The story, I mean, it's not an original story. It's, you know, an adaptation that I liked. And then to support the point, Jack Torrance doesn't descend into madness. He just kind of makes a shift or natural evolution into madness. So I think for me, I would have wanted a different type of character in that role like somebody more not meek but just like more family man like actually loves his family actually wants which, to do which right is what by them. like in the book yeah so i think i would have appreciated i love seeing my wife well, and son
2: the book is is definitely a meta the book itself is a metaphor for um stephen king's addiction because he was an alcoholic and a cocaine addict and it was like ruining his life and he yeah. actually was a dedicated family man actually did want
0: like the best for his wife and his children. Yeah,
1: but unfortunately that did not make it was a slave the movie. But tr- was a slave to so. cocaine and
0: alcohol. Yeah, this movie would work better as that. I,
1: yeah.
2: The, Certainly the story works as that. I don't know if the movie would work better as that.
1: Well, the movie I, is shot so well that it kind of doesn't matter how yeah.
0: you spin up the plot. You could, I, I honestly just feel like the supernatural elements take away from the movie. Uh, that's blood I think I would have needed more supernatural sick. elements. The,
1: I would have personally needed more. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I mean it's like he, they didn't fully commit to Yeah it's I like if like like this is an
1: Indian burial ground then like fuck me up man like where I, yeah. are all the scary ghosts at? There's a few They're I mean not scary. there are certainly more scary ghosts in the book. Yeah but where like
2: the The hedge mage is haunted in the book and there's all the, in the See that would have been so tight in but in again the like, hedge ma- we well, have they, only seen the movie it. They couldn't do it in 1980. You got to think about when it was made. I mean... Well, remake The Shining. Star shiny. Wars the, came but, out before nineteen. They, they
1: did a ton of shit with that. That's also true.
2: Yeah, that's so also that's true, not but, even an excuse. Oh, was it a show? They made a miniseries in the 90s. They in did. In the late oh. 90s. Stephen this King is a wrote hot take, it. take, but I liked it. She oh. liked it. We tried to watch it, but I couldn't find it anywhere other than to buy on Amazon. I didn't have enough time to buy it before this episode.
0: Right, so we didn't funny. watch it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think... Stephen if King you, wrote that one, though. Right. If you just w- look at this as a uh, Stanley Kubrick movie, right? Because you are lucky to have the knowledge of the book, but we do not. So we can only look at it as a movie. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I and mean, when you look at it as a movie, it definitely, like there it has potential moments where it's like okay like if you're introducing that this is built on an indian burial ground like explore that um if there's if room 237 is like some kind of like spooky haunted room that's very dangerous see that all the way through um, which, I mean, to a degree they do, sort of. But it, they could go further. I think a lot of it, for me, is like, instead of spending five minutes zooming into the mini model of the maze until God, it's actually the maze. It is a good chop, but spend five more minutes elsewhere on making or, the ghost scarier. Or. Or. Just take the five minutes out. Yeah. <laughs> or just <laughs> remove.
0: Yeah, you could take this movie down to nine, 90 minutes. Take it down. To, is that wine in a can?
1: No, it is definitely Diet Coke. Damn. That Stop.
0: was one of my old friends' big move. We'd take Diet Coke and just put wine in it. Interesting. That's, be, like, that's real alky shit, though. That's like real
1: alcoholic hours. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's like a, a 70s, 80s Stephen King move. Um, <laughs> so on Okay, brand. First of all, I'd like to just make the PSA that any movie that that is an adaptation that you have to have like read the source material to fully understand and appreciate. The movie is objectively a bad movie. Agree. However, I don't find that to be the case in the shining. I think that the difference, knowing the differences and like being able to highlight and compare and contrast does inform my enjoyment of the movie. But I think objectively on its own, I personally do find the shining to be a masterpiece. I did rate it five out of five stars on the letterboxd app. Which is where I rate all my movies, and people can follow me there if they f- are into that kind of thing. They're not, but if they're not, then <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's shit.
1: I don't I'm care. working on being nicer. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like all of your counterpoints thus far have been like, "But in the book, it's this." Oh, Which no, is for fair, sure, but no, not for sure, really. I, I
2: definitely have been like, my purpose with that was more like, maybe you should read the book because I think the things you're not getting from the movie, you might get in the book, and you might like it more. But I think I don't need any of those elements in because the book. Because you read the book, no, I not because of that. I only read half the book and I just like the movie a lot. I think that what Stanley Kubrick is doing is making you think about it as the audience. The, he, he, the argument is that he put all those elements there to make you deconstruct it yourself because the family doesn't have time to, because they're in a, I mean, Wendy and, and Danny are in a fight for their life from their, from Jack who goes crazy and all the elements and all the like reasoning that it's an Indian burial ground. And that's why the ghosts are there. And that's why people are unhappy. And like all of those elements are there and up for interpretation, which is why there's so many fucking crazy fan theories. Like, Oh, it's the Indian burial ground thing or Oh, it's a faking the moon landing thing or Oh, what well, any other number of things it's because not all the answers are given to you. And the fact that the movie structurally makes sense the fact that it's shot gorgeously the fact that it's acted perfectly immaculately and the fact that not all the answers are handed to you but there's room to make your own answers and maybe to you the movie is about faking the moon landing and maybe to you the movie is about because it's on an indian burial ground it's like it's like a it's like not a appropriating that culture or maybe it's none of those things but the fact that you can interpret that yourself is what makes this movie so fucking good in my opinion thank you for coming to my
0: TED talk I mean like I don't I don't want to pretend like I don't like this movie because I is like I enjoyed it watching it the one time but it's yeah I mean open to interpretation at least to me is not always a positive I guess my whole thing is like if you have something to say fucking say it Otherwise, uh, me interpreting things to make it have more meaning or less meaning than it does isn't helpful to. Like, I have other things to do with my time, is effectively what I'm getting at. But anyway, uh, when we get back, we'll be uh, doing our titular segment No Concessions. our titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies. Let's start with you, Regina.
1: So I was originally gonna pivot and talk about Shelley Duvall's performance in The Shining and how it is 10 out of 10, five whole ass stars, and anyone who disagrees can fucking fight me. But I think we explored that at length in the review, so I'm just gonna move on. And my No Concessions pick for actually really solid movie is star trek the original motion picture now i want to go uh, don't even make God, that, that face. that's so, so hot please <laughs> please say more so, but That's so hot. anyway the point being is i didn't know anything about star trek when i went to go see this they had some kind of fathom events where i was like oh uh fucking 40th anniversary of star trek we're gonna re-release the original motion picture in the theaters and i was like Ben, do you want to go see this? And he was like, fuck, yeah, I already bought the ticket. So I was like, okay, so we are going to go see this. Got it. And we get there, we sit down, and he's like, I'm just letting you know that like people shit on this movie, they hate it, I haven't seen it, but just like prepare yourself. And I was like, all right, cool, no problem. We walked out of that theater and I was like, that movie was so fucking good. I'm so ready to watch more Star Trek. Like, why don't people like this movie? And I don't know why. I think my theory of why people don't like it is it takes hard sci-fi and gives it a little bit of that theatrical fantastic element. But that's because it's based on like a player, some theatrical work. I don't remember the name of it. It
2: it was uh, inspired by Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey.
1: No, it wasn't, was it?
2: Star Trek, the motion picture was, it was a mix of Star Wars and 2001.
1: Well, I thought that's what prompted the studios to make this movie. Well, Star
2: Wars was what prompted the studio to make the movie. And Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, was like, okay, I'm going to make a Star Wars. But in his head, he's like, and under his breath, he's like, actually, I'm going to make 2001 A Space Odyssey over again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But basically, it's, uh, your favorite original Starcast Star Trek crew, uh out on a mission. No, they're not even on a mission, right? They're just chilling. What
2: are they doing? No, they are sent on a mission. They're on sent on a mission to investigate this big giant cloud, this big giant like space cloud. Well, that before that, ships. they're chilling. Oh, at, at, at first they're chilling because because yeah. Captain Kirk is now like promoted to admiral, he's admiral, and he's just like a desk jockey who is. And he's like, like fucking salty about it. He's, he's like,
1: God, I wish I were on a ship right now doing captain things and then a giant cloud comes and starts fucking up everything like disappearing ships and like absorbing whole planets and they're like oh my god the only person who could possibly investigate this and not die would be james t kirk so congratulations off you go and it jumps off from there and i i liked it it's a good movie i don't know i okay if people are listening and they hate this movie, let us know in the comments so I can pull up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so good. It is like it is very
2: slow, so I can see if you watch it at home. That where you like have the distraction of your phone, being like, I don't need this like like six full last minute shot of just like panning around the Enterprise. But we watched it in a theater, and that shit was magical. I was like, I would have watched ten more minutes. Just do another loop around the fucking Enterprise because it's so gorgeous and it's just so like exciting and hype. And they have like the the big score, which is on the big soundtrack. We, we had so much fun watching that movie. It was yeah, it was so really
1: great. good. And now I'm a Star Trek fan.
2: Yeah, and now she's a Star Trek fan, yep. which makes me really excited and happy because I was always a, I was a Next Generation fan, and I just started getting into the original series. So I was really stoked to see this Fathom event. And then when she went, I was like, fuck yeah. I'm so excited. And then That's we both dope. loved it.
0: Yeah. Congrats. Thanks.
2: All right. Here's my, my no concession, the spiciest of hot takes, because I'm going to, I'm about to come at you with my least favorite movie of all time, which is fan favorite Christmas film, A Christmas Story.
0: Is that the one where you'll shoot your eye out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah fuck that movie. That movie is, okay. thank you so
2: all much. Right. Thank you so much. I fucking hate that movie it is the most garbage piece of shit (laughs) joyless least funny movie i've ever seen i've seen it three times because i really fucking tried i watched it once when i was a little kid because everyone told me it was great and i got it in like the five dollar movie bin at target and i was like i'm gonna watch it because everyone tells me this is a great shout out to target target's great target we love you please sponsor the show (laughs) 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 see the audience is cheering target yay Um, Absolutely. uh, But then I hated the movie. It was like not funny. I stone face. I was like little like eight year old me just stone faced this movie. Not funny. And then like two years later we watched it in. I was like in middle school and it was like the last day of like before winter break and the teacher was like fuck it. We're watching my favorite Christmas movie. A Christmas story. And I was like yeah. The best Christmas movie.
1: Just a no. christmas story.
2: I was like yikes, I didn't like it last time. Maybe, you know, it's been a couple years now, maybe I'm older, maybe I'll get it now. Nope, stone-faced it once again and like people would laugh. People would get to scenes and I'd be like looking around the room like what are you laughing at? This isn't funny. The funny I,
1: scenes it's because not funny. they have a sense of humor. And then
2: I took a film class in college and we watched the movie and it was between watching that and um, requiem for a dream that's the one where like if you'll what? build it they'll come, right? I Wait,
1: so your teacher is between watching yeah. either of those?
2: It was the last movie of what? the semester and she's like, We're either gonna watch this or this. And I, it was between Christmas Story and Wrecking for a Dream. And it was a class vote. And I was like, wait, is it? And I asked the exact same question you did, which was, wait, is that the movie you'll shoot your eye out? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, in front of this fucking college class, I was like, I fucking hate that movie. Please, let's not watch that. But I got outvoted. <laughs> exactly. Because. <laughs> and I class mean, was like, what's the big hubbub? We got to find <laughs> right, out.
1: Exactly. Apparently, I
2: think I oversold my like antagonism towards this movie. Right. Because everyone was like oh we're watching this now
1: (laughs) right and we watched it
2: and for the third time of my life i (laughs) stone-faced this movie because it's not funny it's It's not good it's not cute it's not nostalgic it's it's annoying and funny no it's it's annoying it's like joyless everyone is so mean to this kid
1: what okay it's not
2: good i hate this movie it makes me physically unhappy when he gets the leg
1: lamp that's, it's not Italian what? that's not funny <laughs> either yes, for not funny yes it is not funny it is and the mom's uh, quiet horror at having this fucking gross leg lamp displayed he, uh, in her beautiful home there is
2: i literally cracked a smile one time and it's when at the credits the little brother no it's when the little brother, brother is that's funny though that is funny. Just acknowledge that. thats sunk in. I was just like so zeroed Still in on my hatred in. to the, this right. film. No, I cracked one smile when Ralphie's little brother is hiding underneath the, uh, the sink and the mom knows he's hiding under there just because like that's what he always does when he's upset, clearly. And she like brings him a glass of milk and knocks on the cupboard and he's like, are you going to come? And she's like, are you going to come out? And his response is just... Dad's going to kill Ralphie cuz <laughs> and that Cause was he, yeah th- the only time I even mildly cracked a smile and other than that not funny, not heartwarming, not nostalgic, not good. My no concession is fuck a Christmas story. Okay.
1: I mean Learned my favorite, I mean besides a lot of that movie. So first of all, let me give context. I hate Christmas. Just I hate Christmas. It's my least favorite holiday. So the fact that this is Ben's no concession pick is just hysterical because he loves Christmas. And I hate Christmas, but I love this movie and he hates it. But I think what I especially love about this movie, I mean, the you'll shoot your eye out part is like kind of whack. But when the mom is asking ralphie where he heard that word from and he like throws his friend under the bus so she calls the friend's mom and you hear her just like screaming at this kid and stuff what it is so funny funny. yes it is funny funny. i haven't
0: seen it in years it's not good. Don't.
1: I mean, first of all, is it like, is it a masterpiece? No. It's just a cute, fun Christmas movie. It's, just it's not cute. cute or fun. It's, it's annoying adorable. and not funny. It's it, annoying and actively not funny. It is only annoying because they play it like every three yeah. hours. On
2: ABC Family,
1: during That's the week annoying. of Christmas, I'm, I not it back
2: to back yep, for seven yep. days
1: straight. And you know who's there watching it back to back for seven days straight? yeah girl i love that movie <laughs> i would actively
2: like whatever what's the like what's the most expensive go to ebay and what's the most expensive copy of that movie and i will pay that amount of money to never see that movie again
0: okay well we'll find it i'm sure there's some collector's edition vhs I'm sorry if this is like
2: anyone's favorite Christmas movie it if doesn't like this matter. is their childhood. I feel like but like <laughs> you had a sad childhood, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, say
0: which
1: chest. <laughs> yeah, you think this podcast is canceled. Woo. <laughs> uh,
0: so I uh my pick this week is Formula 51 starring Samuel L. Jackson. Anybody ever heard of No, no I've never I even heard, heard of, of it. it, but I'm really excited. Okay, so Formula 51, uh God, this movie starts out with Samuel L. Jackson having just graduated from Berkeley in the 1970s, and he's smoking weed, driving down the freeway with his diploma next to him, even though we know diplomas don't come that fast, right? and they get sent <laughs> yeah. to the mail six months later, yeah. right? unless if it was different in the 70s. He's also, they'd down, be nothing. Yes. Yes. He he got his diploma or his degree in uh, chemistry. He's driving down the road, smoking weed. He gets pulled over by a cop. The cop smokes a little bit of weed, and... Samuel L. Jackson's like, oh, cool. And he's like, oh, it's actually weed. You're going to prison. So he goes to prison for like 20 years or wow. some like absurd amount of time. When was this movie made? Uh, early 2000s, I okay. want to say. Oh, okay. so it's oh. like
1: post the war on drugs. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, he comes out of prison and he immediately uh, starts selling drugs. Um, he's a chemist. So he creates a super drug. It's like super ecstasy. And it looks like... Sounds lit. Yeah, Yeah. dude. They look like sweet tarts. Nice. They probably were. Yeah. (laughs) They took all the blue ones out. Movie magic. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So he, Eddie Izzard is this crime boss. Okay. Good pick. Good pick. Is it Eddie Izzard? No, it's Meatloaf, I think.
1: Oh, my God. I'm fully on board. I am
0: so on board with this. Don't remember who exactly It doesn't matter. But it's one of those two guys. Perfect. so uh he plays the lizard the crime boss is named lizard samuel jackson has this formula for super ecstasy and like he gets involved in all these crazy hijinks because he's sent over to england and like he has to like work with um the dude from 28 days later uh killian murphy <laughs> no n- 28 weeks later then
1: uh, uh jeremy runner
0: no, never mind. Okay. Probably the wrong movie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he, they, he meets soccer hooligans. He meets skinheads. Nice. Uh, nice. He cooks up this Less super nice, ecstasy. Uh, he it's it's a fun romp. It's a fun movie. He gets uh, he buys a castle at the end of the movie. It's sounds it, sick. Yeah, dude. It's Is, a it il- Is it like il- a thriller? No, no it's, it's just like an a a action movie. Oh, yeah, it's, a, oh, it's, it's a like comedy. an action comedy. Okay, yeah, it's sweet it's fucking right i'm gonna dude. watch this yeah we should yeah. watch is it on um a streaming service No, i just ha- i own the dvd nice can i borrow it yeah if nice. you want yeah. yeah oh yeah uh yeah that's my pick formula 51 everybody go watch it it's better than the christmas story probably Objectively. Be, that's the worst okay. movie of all time all right yeah. yeah all right uh thanks for joining me this week regina and ben yeah thanks for uh, having us do you want to plug anything while you're here
2: you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BH Pitt, And you can also follow my upcoming video podcast. I got the plug wrong last week because I'm special. Um, it's called Big Choice Video. And you can follow us on Twitter at Big Choice Video. Um, we're trying to get the whole first season in the can before we start airing the episodes. But we've got most of the episodes done. So stay tuned for that and check Twitter for updates. Uh, thanks.
0: Perfect. We'll uh, see you uh, some other time.
2: Yeah, thanks again for having us. Yeah, bye. Bye. Bye.